Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. You know, when we hear certain words um, or certain phrases, and there's lots of them out there in the world, certain phrases that on the surface, they kind of seem to make sense or they kind of seem to be true. Like, yeah, sounds right. In fact, some of these phrases are so common that we just almost take them as second nature. Yeah, of course that's true. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And some of those phrases, we might not only think, we might not only think they're true, but we might even think they might be in the Bible somewhere. Yeah, surely God said that, right? I mean, Jesus said that, right? Isn't that right? We just, we start thinking, that's got to be in the Bible somewhere, right? You know, many years ago, we, we had a, uh, Pastor Karen and I had a wonderful pastor, great guy. No, believe me, he, he knows the word of God, but he, he confessed one time that in the early part of his ministry, in the early part of his ministry, he once used the phrase in the sermon, cleanliness is next to godliness, as if it was actually in the Bible somewhere, okay? Now, of course, he would later admit uh, it really isn't in the Bible, right? But do you see how easy it is to hear a phrase? We just kind of accept it at face value. Yeah, that's right. Cleanliness is next to godliness, right? It's a small example. Do you see how we can fall into the trap of believing that something is true just because it sounds good. Sounds good. It sounds right. But here's the problem. It might not really be true, or it may not really be as good as you think it is. Today, we're starting a new series titled, Jesus Never Said That. Jesus Never Said That. In this series, we're going to be looking at some phrases or some worldly portrayals of words that sound like good advice, Sound on the surface like they're probably good, but we're going to see what God has to say about them. Okay? okay. What does is, what is God's word really say about that particular phrase? So for these next four weeks, we're going to be taking a look at the words that the world says to live by. However, the problem is Jesus never said them. In fact, in many of the cases, we're going to see that God's word actually says something quite different than what the world's phrase is. So here we go. Week one. Tell me if you've ever heard this one. Follow your heart. Has anyone not heard? Well, who's heard that phrase? Follow your heart. Maybe you've said it to yourself. Maybe you've said it to somebody else. Maybe someone else has said it to you. Follow your heart. Well... We hear that a lot, don't we? Sometimes it's maybe just go with your gut. Anybody hear that one? That's, that's the, kind of the little brother of follow your heart. Just go with your gut. You know, whatever feels right. Go for it. Well, here's the thing. Before we get too much further into this, I want to define the word heart for the purposes that we're going to be talking about today. Because we're not talking about this. We're not talking about the physical four-chamber thing that, you know, pumps blood throughout your body and, you know, gives you oxygen. I think we all kind of know what that heart is. Pretty easy to define. We know how it works. We know, you know, it's, you know, we know what that is. I want to talk today 
in the context of, of what we're here today about the spiritual heart, the spiritual heart. This is a definition of the spiritual heart after reading, studying, praying. This is what I came up with. Our heart is the sum of our mind, will, emotions, and motivations. You see, it's, it's all of those. It's, it's not just one because at different times, the heart could mean any one of those four things. As it's described in scripture, as we tend to even think about it in our own lives, right? Our heart is not just what we think about something, but why we think that way. Our heart takes into account our emotions and the emotions that we have and why we have them. Our heart looks at not only what we do, but why we do it. So as you can see, our spiritual heart isn't quite so simple, is it? It's actually pretty complicated. There's nothing simple about our spiritual heart. It's actually very complicated. And if we follow our heart, then really what we're telling ourselves and kind of what the world is saying is just do what you think is best. Just do what you feel is best. Have those words ever come out of your mouth? Huh, hello. I just, I, just, I just feel it. I just think it. I just think that's what I should do. I just feel like that, that's the direction I should go in. Okay? We're relying on our own emotions, our own will, our own motivations. And we just go for it. That's kind of what the world, I think, has a definition of follow your heart as well. My friends, Jesus never said that. Jesus never said, follow your heart. Let me show you what he did say. Mark eight thirty four. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and what? Follow me. Follow me. What's Jesus telling us here? That we need to follow him, not our hearts. We need to follow Jesus, not our hearts. You know, one of my favorite Christian writers is a guy named John Bloom, and he put it this way. He said, our hearts were never designed to be followed, but to be led. Anthony, can you put that slide up? Our hearts were never designed to be followed, but to be led. I want to show you two very important reasons why we should not follow, why you and me should not follow our hearts. Two very important reasons. Number one, our hearts can be corrupted and confused. This is what Jeremiah said. The prophet Jeremiah said this in 17, verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You see, our hearts can deceive us into believing things that are not true. Our hearts often tell us what we want to hear, not what we need to hear. Our emotions can cloud our judgment. The pride in our hearts can lead us to make bad decisions based on our own selfish motives. Remember, part of the heart, God's judging your motives, not just what you do, it's the why. God knows your motives. He knows my motives. 
And because of all this, the prophet Jeremiah then said, who can understand the heart? It's very confusing. It's not simple. It's complex. What in my heart should I listen to? What shouldn't I listen to? What should? Back and forth. Lots of questions, but not a lot of real good answers. Right? There are a lot of questions. What what do I do? That's why we need to let God lead our hearts. We need to let God lead our hearts. Because we can trust God to provide what we can't. God is trustworthy. We are not. Let's just... Our hearts are not trustworthy, but God is. God will not deceive us into believing things that are not true because God is the author of truth. Okay. God is the, he he won't deceive us. You see, God has no agenda other than to see us live the life that he's created us to live flat out. No hidden motives, no undercover agendas, no secret plans. God's very clear. Okay, part of, one part of scripture says, God is not a man that he should lie. See, our hearts lie to us. Our hearts lie to ourselves all the time. So how can we be led by God? Two really pretty straightforward ways. Now, everything is always simpler to say than it is to do. Okay, I'm you know, being real here. But there's basically two ways to be led by God. One is through the power of his word, right? This is what Psalm 119, 10 and 11 says. With my whole what? We get that up? With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your what? Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then this is what Jesus said. In John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. That's it. If you want real guidance, don't follow your heart. Go find out what God has to say about it. And then pray about it. Let the Holy Spirit show you what's true. The next time you have a decision to make, the next time you are tempted to say, I'm just going to follow my heart. Don't do it. I'm begging you, don't do it. Go find out what God says about your situation. There's only one way to do that, my friends. You got to go to his word. There's no shortcut for that. You got to go find out in his word. What does God say about this situation? And then... Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal real truth to you, real direction, real guidance. Not just what you feel, not what your gut says. Don't follow your heart. Follow God. You see, God is a trusted source. His word is a trusted source. His Holy Spirit is a trusted source of truth. They will provide you the guidance that you are looking for and that you need. Now, you know, our hearts, for sure, without the love and guidance of God, can be corrupted and confused. But let me share with you the other reason why you should not follow your heart. Your heart, my heart, can be hard. Our hearts can get hard. 
Now, here's, that's kind of the other side of the coin, right? On the one side, we were talking about our hearts, you know, get corrupted, confused. That's us trying to figure out what to do, but trying to rely on our own will, our own emotion, right? We're trying to figure it out. This is the other side of the coin. You see, because a hard heart says, I already have my mind made up. That, my mind's made up. I've already made up my mind about God. He doesn't love me, doesn't care about me, isn't for me. I've already made up my mind about a situation. It's never going to change. I can't see any way out of this. I've already made my decisions about people. I've judged them. I've said that's just the way they are. They're never going to change. Here's the problem with a hard heart. It leads to heartache. A hard heart leads to heartache. Because this is what a hard heart does. It closes off possibilities. It shuts doors of opportunities. Come on, a hard heart closes off possibilities. It shuts the door on opportunities. But here's the thing. Our God is so good and so gracious, just like he offers us a way out of the the corrupted mind, the confused heart. He also offers us a way out of the hard heart. This is what the prophet Ezekiel said when God was speaking to him about this topic. Verse 36, or excuse me, chapter 36, verse 26. And I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You know, some of you may or may not know this, but when Pastor Karen and I were dating initially, she worked for a world famous heart surgeon. I mean, this guy was the top of the top in Houston. I mean, best of the best. One of the things that he, he did lots of things with the heart, but one of the things he did was heart transplants. Literally did. Babe, how many, 500 of them? I mean, he, who knows how many he's done over the years? Probably thousands, actually, is more likely. And I remember when we were dating, um, there was one day I was going to pick Pastor Karen up at work. And we were going to go out on a dinner date. I got there a little bit early, and she said, hey, listen, I got some things to finish up at work, but while I'm finishing up, why don't you go up to the observation dome? My, my doc is actually doing a heart transplant right now. I'm like, say what? Dude. All right. So I go up to the observation dome and I'm looking down and I mean, amazing what was going on down there. I mean, there was all these doctors around and machines and stuff going on. And I saw this man with skilled hands cut out this old, sick, diseased heart and put in a beautiful, new, pink, life-giving heart. In front of my eyes, I saw this. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I couldn't stop talking about that for a long time. She goes, man, she goes, oh, man, I see it every day. I was like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. I was, I was blown away. Do you see, that's actually what God was telling Ezekiel he'll do for you and me. 
It's exactly what he, come on. That's what God, that's what God will do for you and I. God will cut out our disappointments. God will remove our hurt. God will take out that sick heart and he will give us a new heart. You see, Karen's doc had the ability to replace a human heart. But only God can replace a spiritual heart. Only God can do that. When you have a hard heart, sometimes you need a transplant. You just, you just you need that old stuff ripped out. And God is the only one who can do that. God is the only one who can perform that kind of a heart transplant. Wow. And here's the thing. God does it not just with skill. Okay, the, 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 the human physician does it with the skill God's given him. But God does it with love. You see, that's, that's the missing element. That's the miss. God does it with skill. He knows just how to meet your hurt. He knows just how to take away that disappointment. But he does it with his own heart. He does it from a heart of love for you and me. Come on. Come on. I mean, he is the ultimate heart surgeon. The ultimate heart surgeon. Because, see, actually, God could fix your physical heart if he wanted to. I've, I've seen him do it. Actually, my mom died on an operating table 12 years ago, and God actually fixed her physical heart in a miraculous way. God can do it all. He can do the physical, the spiritual, the emotional. He can do it all. have areas in your life that have become hard, let God cut those out. Let him give you a new heart because with a new heart, he can teach you things. He can show you things and he can take you to places you have never dreamed of. And he can help you face any situation that you come up with or come against. I want to just spend the last few minutes talking about somebody who is very familiar with following his own heart, but also letting God lead him. You know, he's like, he was, he's one of my favorite characters in the Bible because he's so relatable. And his name was David. So some of us know him as King David. You see, David was, uh, I would be fair to say, a pretty emotional person, right? He, he was a, he was a um, musician. Uh, he was a king. He was a warrior. I mean, he had a lot of stuff going on in his life, right? But David got into trouble when he followed his own heart. Two, two very specific examples come to mind. Number one, he followed his heart and it led to adultery. He followed his heart, led to murder. And yet, and yet, God himself would say this about David. He was a man after my heart. That's what God said about this guy. That's what God said about him. What a transformation. But why was David able to be called a man after God's own heart? Number one, 
because he realized the corruptness of his own heart. You see, David recognized the corruptness of his own heart. He also recognized that his heart could be hard against God and against others. And here's the thing. Once David began to realize that, this is what he said in Psalm 51, verse 10. He said, God created me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And he said this in the last two verses of Psalm 139. He said, search me, God. Search me, God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And what? Lead me. Lead me. In the way everlasting. Oh, my friends, when you want to just follow your heart, don't do it. Let me say that again. When you want to just follow your heart, as good as that sounds, don't do it. Your mind, your will, your emotions, your motivations, they serve to inform you not to lead you. They're there. You need to be aware of them. But they're there for information, not to lead you. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. And when we come up, when times when we see that we're trying to follow our own way, follow our own heart, I pray that we can do what David did. Go to God. Ask him to lead your heart. Go to God, ask him to heal your heart so that when it's all said and done, we can stand before God and God can say about us, that's my son, that's my daughter. They're a person after my heart. We want to be after God's heart, not our own. That's the goal. That's what this life is about, is being led by God to take on his heart. Our heart, our heart should break for what breaks his. You know what breaks God's heart? Is seeing people turn away from him, not run to him. That's what breaks God's heart. When he sees people in the world that need the gospel and we're afraid to open our mouth, Son-in-law, Brandon, shared a really good quote the other day with, with us. and It was from an atheist, actually, who said, Man, Christians must really hate us because I never hear them tell me about Jesus. Come on. Come on, man. How much do we hate somebody if we don't tell them how good Jesus is? Wow. That's what breaks God's heart. Because God said his desire is that all people, his desire 
is that all people would come to him. Not some. His desire is that all people would come to him. That's what breaks God's heart. It should break our heart too. When you have family, friends, relatives, people you meet that you know would benefit eternally from a loving God whose heart is for them, we need to share that. That doesn't mean you need to stand on a street corner. doesn't mean you need to get a megaphone. Just share the love of God with them. Show them what love looks like. We have a food pantry every month that shows that. We have a food... Folks, 99% of the people that come to that food pantry we'll never see again. I'm just being real. The one... 10%, the 1%, or maybe eventually 10% that end up coming here. Hey, that's awesome. But most of those people we love, we serve, we pray with, but we're being the hands and feet of Jesus, and then we're turning that over to God to help them. Come on, man. That's what we want. We want a heart like God's, not like our own. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, oh God, we just love you so much. God, we thank you for your heart, the heart that you have for us. God, you love us, you teach us, and you lead us. Thank you, God. And Father, when we want to follow our own hearts, when we're tempted to to just go with our emotions or do what we want, Father God, will you help us? to lean into you, to find real direction, to find real truth. And as we come to you, will you fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can get the right direction, the true direction that we need. And God, oh Lord, when our hearts get hard, will you give us a new heart? Will you remove those areas of hurt, of disappointment, and maybe even disbelief? that can make our hearts unreceptive and cold like a stone. Through your love and your grace and your mercy, Father, transplant into us a new heart, a soft heart, soft towards you, soft towards your Holy Spirit, soft towards the things that break your heart. Father, guide us and lead us into all that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name.